Today's episode of The Masked Man Show is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. SeatGeek makes buying tickets on your phone a total snap. With just two taps, you can instantly buy tickets to an event that same day, have your tickets delivered straight to your phone, and enter the event without ever having to print a ticket. And if you can't go to the game or show, you can sell your tickets directly from the app in less than 30 seconds. With SeatGeek... There's no guesswork. You'll know exactly where you're sitting, what you'll pay, and whether or not you're getting a good deal all right from your phone. So drop your old ticket app and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And also, wanted to mention The Ringer now has merch. Go to bit.ly.com slash ringermerch where you can find shirts and hoodies. A portion of the proceeds from each purchase will benefit Charity Water, a nonprofit organization that provides clean and safe drinking water to people in developing nations. Again, go right now to bitly.com slash ringermerch. You'll look really good. Welcome, one and all, to the Masked Man Show. It feels so good to keep saying that, man. Thank you so much, my good friend Dan St. Germain, for one, making me name the show that, and two, being here really early this uh, this Wednesday well, morning. Th- thank you for uh, being here early as well. I can't get here any later, so... Yeah, um, we're really working those around are your schedule today. Way <laughs> to start a podcast, I actually i i vouch for the David Shoemaker show, but Masked Man I think is a nice compromise. Yeah, it's good. You just can't put yourself over. You're too good of a guy to put yourself over. It's true. It's true. And I got to live the gimmick. You know, that's part as part of the job. It's true. Um, so this has been a kind of incredible week in the world of professional wrestling. It's great. I mean, I like now, like you know, like before this week. You know, you were just like, yeah, you know, to do this podcast, you just got to watch Raw and then, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, like read about or, or watch clips from SmackDown. But now, you know, you just got to watch Raw and do the same thing that you were doing. <laughs> oh, God, that's not fair. <laughs> um, listen, there was, I, I'm, I'm about finished putting the finishing touches on a column for this week. And it's about, I mean, my, my, sell to my editor was it's the first week of the marathon of like the 400 minute iron man match that is watching all of this is being stuff a wwe live fan. yeah and thankfully i mean clearly wwe knew this right yeah I mean, we used to joke on my old show cheap heat uh that like wwe creative was listening to us all the time and i don't actually believe that to be true but if based on my like never-ending complaints about having to watch all this stuff and the fact that I drafted Finn Balor and Sasha Banks three and four in my fantasy draft. I'm just going to take some credit this week. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But th- no, but it was like they knew very well. They they knew that they had to make this a watchable three-day experience, right? I, I think I don't I, – for me, that was the most fun I've had watching a Raw since when Foley won the title. Like it, in it, like ninety eight or ninety nine when he beat the Rock. That's a really really good comparison, just because of I mean yeah the weird euphoria that you can't even yeah you were happy to see Foley win just like on Monday you were and by the way do we we never say spoiler alerts on this show but there's just so much volume that I there's feel a, obligated to say spoiler alert we're gonna talk about Battleground Raw and SmackDown I, without any without I've never any seen like that show compunction like Raw like I mean it. 
it like it felt like it 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 was a it was a re- almost a WrestleMania level show as far as like the matches that were on. And, oh hell yeah, yeah. And like and 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 the results and w- but then it's set up for a SummerSlam that was just it's it may it's going to be equally good or or better. Like they didn't blow. It, I didn't feel like they blew their load. No, I mean, we talked about this in previous weeks that that you know everybody was asking why they're doing the Shield three way at Battleground when they could have done it at some even before they announced the brand split. That was the bit, and it was just like. You know, just just do just do make your best move right now, and then next week you'll have to do a better move. You could tell that Triple H was like when people were saying that, like just be quiet. We got it covered. Well, you're yeah. gonna get you're I gonna mean, get the dream match that people have been talking about. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Balor. Still, ba- it, was Balor winning the number the one contendership up. on this first night up? It, I mean, that was almost like a Foley level win because just like with Foley, you were happy that he won, but just like with Foley. The parallel is that it means so much more than him winning. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's the next champ, you know, in a month. It doesn't matter if he's the next champ. I mean, if it takes six months or a year or two years or whatever. It's the fact that... And really, it's the same thing with Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown. The fact that he's in that position is an indicator that WWE is giving a fuck. Yeah. I mean, about what... I mean, listen... We smart fans, smart fans, whatever, sit around fantasy booking all the time and and second guessing WWE, and a lot of times we do that to a fault. But the idea that the the wrestlers that we like don't overlap with the wrestlers that like casual fans like is crazy, right? I mean, yeah. like it, you can push Dolph Ziggler, you can push Finn Balor, you can push whoever, and WWE can make that work and find a way to sort of make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. This week, I would hope, is a great example of it. I, I would hope so too. I, it felt, I you know I don't want to I don't want to throw SmackDown under the bus. First of all, the SmackDown announced team I, I love. I, yeah. I really do like the SmackDown, and I and I read somewhere that they were boring or something, and I, I think that's be I, I I will that Moro Ronaldo guy yeah, or whatever the he's great, he's terrific. Everybody was wondering who's the next Jr. I really think it's that guy. Yeah, Jr. likes him too. He's 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 great. He makes everything important, but. It did feel like like Ziggler versus Ambrose doesn't feel like it's as important well, as okay. Seth Rollins versus Finn Bale, Balor. Two th- I've said this on the show before. This is a weird aside, but talking about smart fan wrestlers, casual fans sort of hate Seth Rollins. Like, they're just not into it. And maybe yeah. that's because he's a great heel, but... I mean, everybody from like my girlfriend watching the show, like she hates yeah, him. I mean, people, they're just like, yeah, what's it? How is that guy a champion? And you see it in the comments all the time. I have a sick fascination with the comment sections on WWE.com, where it's just people like trying to talk to wrestlers and just like really misunderstanding what they're involved <laughs> in. But yeah, it's a lot of just like, well, how did Seth go number one? I would have picked him like thirty after the draft. You know, I mean, just like crazy stuff like that. What about? Well, what do they think about Finn? I, there, I don't think there's been much Finn response yet. So who do they like? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, they like Roman Reigns. They like Ambrose a lot more than Rollins. They like. I mean, I, I don't think they like most, Cena. most. Yeah, I mean, but like, it's not like they're the people commenting are not blind marks. You know, they just yeah. There's just sort of like it's that middle ground between where it's just like, you know. But my thing is like those fan they can't be too casual because they're commenting that's what i mean yeah their 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 views aren't that different than yours or mine it's just you know it's like the version of you that can't type a complete sentence under under that is the version that is is me that is me (laughs) Um, that's me yeah the part the version of you that can't type a complete sentence (laughs) and doesn't like seth rollins but but yeah i mean it's 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 very strange but that's all beside the point uh you're right rollins versus balor seems like a big deal although 
um, you know, kudos to WWE also for finding the right sort of next state, next phase usage of Brock Lesnar, which is the same thing that UFC used him for, which is uh, like his presence on a card equals like means that we have a main event match so we can kind of play around with the rest and not get too worried about making dream matches every week um or every month i guess every i don't know what it's going to be but um and props for brock lesnar for probably getting shelton benjamin signed again i cannot that might have been my biggest pop of the night i was so tired by the end i mean by like you know smackdown yeah not just because of watching wrestling, I have a job too. But the but yeah, I mean, I was so beaten down that like I didn't think anything was going to get me that up, and I was just like, I couldn't believe I was watching a Shelton Benjamin promo package. No, I was really excited about that. It's it's interesting what like like when when they bring somebody back, like what makes like because Shelton Benjamin I was super excited about, and I like Rhino fine. I think he's did some really great things at ECW, but when he came out and like gored Heath Slater last night, yeah, I was just kind of like. Uh, first off, like Heath was like getting the crowd going. People were were like rooting for him. Yeah. Like, yeah, sign Heath. And then you have Rhino, who doesn't look that great now. He looks sort of like King Kong Bundy with a wig. Right. <laughs> Early King Kong Bundy, not like old King Kong Bundy. Yeah, he was he, pretty. He was pretty fit. Yeah, he looks. He literally looks like a like a a slab of Velveeta cheese <laughs> put on a singlet. He and can still move, man. I, I mean, yeah, he can still move, but, you know, like, watching it, I think and even the crowd was like, what? And it also, like, seemed antithetical to, like, what Shane's trying to do, which is like, we're going to put the superstars you like over. Yeah. So here's a guy who was wrestling PWG shows two years ago or whatever, and we're going to have him yeah. uh, uh, beat up our new guy. Yeah, I mean, he's got a little bit I of the rub. hate to ru- be the hater. No, sorry. no, no. I mean, I think you're right. I think he's got a little bit of the rub from being on NXT for a while. And, I think uh, he's friends with Stephanie, too. That's what I heard. Rhino? They're like, they're friends. Or, uh, that's what I heard. I, I would know. just love to see them going out to, like, Chi-Chi's Mexican Grill for, like, you know, for a couple of margaritas. That would, well, I that, think he's that's a the- network show <laughs> I would watch, 100%. I think he's, like, one of those libertarian guys. Like, he was running for office. He is running for office, yeah. like, right now, I is think. Is it Republican or libertarian? I don't know. I think Republican. Well, I know it was really weird because the pictures of him were wearing a bow tie, which is... I don't know. It just reminded me of like a dog walking on its hind legs. It just, I just was uncomfortable with Rhino in a bow tie. I would yeah. be more comfortable with an actual Rhino wearing a bow tie than Rhino the wrestler wearing a bow tie. <laughs> there, I'm sure there was one at the Republican convention last week. <laughs> uh, the um, so anyway, the um, let's 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 run through Battleground really quickly. Okay. Let's run through the week. That was Battleground. First off. Great pay per view. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it was really it. weird. A lot of the a lot of the response that I saw online was like, "Hey, no titles changed hands. Nothing to see here. Move along." And I was just like, "That was the as far as I, you know, I walked out. I I had the great honor of watching the show at, at uh, Bill Simmons' house, um, which was which is always fun to see Bill, but also his son." went without his parents David knowledge was actually catering yeah i was i was i was serving ham sandwiches it, to everybody it was like the but his, his young son went out with with like his cousin his older cousin and got enzo amore's haircut without oh, te- really? without telling his parents <laughs> that's awesome um it was really great he's calling himself benzo amore it's a really it's a really <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing moment um tate have you seen photos yet Oh man, you're you're missing out. It's it's something really spectacular. But the uh, but so anyway, that was really fun. But like, I walked out of his house. We had a good time, and like Joel Solomon from from Any Given Wednesday has been on the show. Was there, and we were just like, I, it didn't even occur to me that they hadn't 
that they hadn't been there hadn't been any title changes. Like that was the last thing, the furthest thing from my mind. Why this is what I can't stand about wrestling fans. It's like it you <laughs> you got just just be happy when stuff is good. Yeah. There's so much stuff that's just terrible. Right? Yeah. That pay-per-view we watched like a month ago, like a I, I forget which which the one like, before Money in the Bank. Yeah, some some like <laughs> old throwback Money in the Bank one. Oh, the um, one that we no, no, old like Money old in one the Bank from like 2007 right. or 2008. I don't know. It was a bad whatever pay-per-view we watched. There is so much actual wrestle crap. Like we may be starting a golden age of wrestler wrestling. Appreciate that because a couple years from now it's going to be Seamus versus Miz headlining a WrestleMania again. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So that might be a good, it, it might be a good version of Seamus, uh, Seamus versus Miz head, headlining WrestleMania. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I used to always, when people would complain about Raw last year, I was like, you, they're giving us NXT. Just be happy with that, right? And now right. they've given us NXT on the main roster. Like, they let's just be happy. NXT and Raw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the show started. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the kickoff match, but the 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 main broadcast started with the women's tag team match right on at a uh, yeah. battleground and they and and which was the big main roster debut of bailey who's not officially been called up i don't think to either brand but um that was a huge pop and the fact that great. wwe was like oh yeah this is a great way to start the show was brilliant i mean it just it made it it i mean it's those little things that give you some assurance that they know what they're doing now you know yeah i i think that uh to fantasy book it i think that the, i think they are setting up bailey and sasha wrestlemania and well, we know they can go. Yeah. And, so, you know, Sasha's probably going to, you know, go over Charlotte or if she doesn't, you know, I get SummerSlam or, yeah. you know, eventually she will. And then they'll have like Nia Jax, Sasha to build Sasha up. And then I think Bailey comes in and then uh, they flip flop. You know, yeah. Sasha turns heel, Bailey's face and. Wow, that's my fantasy booking. We're going to let's let's get through the entire WrestleMania card before the show is over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really cool. The uh, the Wyatt family beat the New Day, which was sort of a weird like farewell. So I mean, that was you can toss that and 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 Rusev over Ryder. The weird thing was the was the Mojo Rowley like run in at the end, even though him and Ry- uh, Rusev run different shows. So I don't really know what the like how that leads anywhere. I guess it was just a. I guess every question about every question about Battleground can be answered by trying to figure out how it helps Raw or SmackDown in the post-draft right. era, right? I just realized Mojo Rawley did what Trump supporters do, where they, he didn't touch Rusev, but he got in his face and, like, tried to fight him just trying without to, like, touching trying him. Trying to lure him into, like, throwing the first punch? Exactly. Is that the move? Yeah, that's what he did, like, point. He's like, ah! It's like the real-world real rules challenge, where they just try to get each... Like, the only rule is you can't you can't attack somebody, so they just get... You know, they'll get your enemy really drunk and then just get in their face and scream until they like slap you and then they get kicked off the show. It's a great, it's like that's what the entire show has devolved into, which is it should just be its own show, just like just trying to get p- drunk people to hit you. Um, and everyone would watch that. Um, so the, the big one was Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, which like I wrote in my column this week, I got a text message from the editor-in-chief of The Ringer, Sean Fennessy, saying these two guys should be forced to fight each other at every pay-per-view for the rest of time. Like I, it, it was, was so great. The storytelling was amazing. The storytelling... First of all, props to the announced team. I don't... At some point, it, I, mean, I noticed it the first time when Enzo got hurt, and you never like to see guys get, get hurt, but there, at some point, a decision was made that if somebody gets hurt, we're just going to keep calling the match and report on it as if it's, like, as if it's a real sport. Right. Yeah. You never want to see that. Sometimes these guys are going so strong. There wasn't even a hiccup that time. And the same thing happened with Zayn when he did the 
when he tried to do the little like backflip out onto Owens and landed on his head on the apron, <laughs> which looked terrible. But like because of the announced team and really because of Owens and Zayn, it felt like that was a scripted part of the match. They like, really they, have it to was stop so good. doing that though. You... Landing on their own heads. Yes, like. You can like just just dial it back a little bit. Like, you sound like I'm Vince at, McMahon right now. No, I'm at the age now where I watch these guys and I see him hit their head and I feel like I feel terrible for him. I don't want them. Well, to Sasha be- on Monday night as well. I mean, Sasha did that outside of the ring, wasn't it? Was am I am right? Right? Like she like jumped outside the ring and and Charlotte caught her, but she also just like kept going and hit her face on the ground. Jeez. Um, but and Sasha's done that stuff before. I mean, it's it. Some of it's the same people that you see do it, and and. You know, you don't want to. It's the Sasha last thing I want to do. Doesn't need to do it. Yeah, but the last thing I want to do is to like you know inhibit those people in big time matches. That's true. It's it works both ways. I mean, Shelton Benjamin, who we're all happy to see come back, was I I I and I maintained that his career was sidetracked by the fact that he like but he botched one of those like some some high risk spot. Didn't yeah. hurt himself, but he just like his, he he messed up when he was running up the ropes one time, and he just got the yips, and he could he was never the same again. Like every time he tried to do it, he failed, um, and uh, and and that was like, like that dude from the Orlando Magic. Yeah, exactly. It's like you just can't hit a free throw anymore. You can't like throw. You can't throw a. You can't throw to the first ba- first baseman. You know, it's it's crazy stuff. But though anyway, there's no amount of time that we can spend on Owens and Zane. That'll do it justice. I was, you know, you're my favorite wrestling writer, David, but there is a terrific Cage Side Seats article about that. I love Cage Side Seats, yeah. Yeah, there's, I forget who wrote it, but, um, I haven't read anything this week, but I'll look, I'll see if I can. No, it's, it's, it's all about, it's about, uh, it's, it's a really interesting take on Kevin Owens' character in relation to that match, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really, oh, I see it right now. Um, it was it was just a really fulfilling match, right? I mean, yeah. it was there. There was, you know, it had of all the matches over the years that are hyped is like the last match between these guys. We're finally going to blow off this feud, and it's never true because wrestling is endless. But they really they have a, they have a power to make matches feel as significant as they need to be. As they're as they're billed as I mean, in the ring, they have like it's almost like a Spider Man Green Goblin thing where it's like you could tell they both love each other as they're fighting, yeah, but hate hate each other. It's, Dude, it's I did amazing. A, I did a thing last week, Grant. I mean, uh, sorry, not Grantland. The Ringer did a little shoot around, like a group post about what athlete we could watch for eight hours on YouTube, mm-hmm. like just endless stuff. And so there was a lot of like Bo Jackson and you know, I mean, just the greats of all time. Um, and I wrote about Kevin Owens just because, like, there's not, like, his, the amount of, first of all, the amount of his indie work that's on YouTube is pretty spectacular. Yeah. And his indie stuff is just so nuts. It's, it's, it's feel, and it's fun to watch him do package pile drivers one after the other, knowing that he didn't actually break somebody's neck. In real time, it's sort of hard to watch, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, those two guys, uh, I mean, if you go back and watch those early matches where Owens just looks like, Owens and Zayn looked like dueling, I mean, 10 years ago, or if whatever it was, six, eight years ago, oh, they looked like dueling, uh, like, personifications of, like, everybody's idea of what a basement-dwelling nerd is, right? Yeah. You have, like, the fat dude who hasn't shaved and the really skinny guy who's, like, in, who's like cosplaying as a Mexican wrestler, right? I mean, they're, like, it's so silly, and yet... Even at the very beginning, you can see that they have this chemistry and this, like, you know, that they're trying to make each other look good. And at this point, it's just, like, 
I mean, honestly, they could wrestle every day. They could wrestle a different match every day because they're so comfortable with each other and their vocabulary that they share is just so incredible. I do wish that they had split them up on brands just so we it makes it more important the next time they, they go. Someone on Reddit, and I, I, I always give credit to, to the Reddit people, but like so I don't even know who it was. Someone on, on the Squared Circle page on Reddit suggested that this is a this is going to go to, and not based on anything, this is fantasy booking again, that they keep feuding and then at SummerSlam have a Loser Leaves Town match where somebody has to go to SmackDown. That's a, that's a good booking. That's a great booking, right? Um, that's good booking, guy drinking Mountain Dew Code Red in his mom's <laughs> place. Um, you, Dan is holding a Mountain Dew Code Red right now as he says that. The, uh, I but, say that lovingly. The, but yeah, it's a, I mean, but yeah, I think that you're right. I think that, I think that a lot of the stuff about, I mean, a lot of the quibbles that people had about the draft, about one roster being whatever, like SmackDown being weaker, about about uh, these two people should be together or separate. Um, I think a lot of that stuff is going to be is going to even even out over the next couple of months, you know. And and a lot of the stupidest decisions were obviously storyline driven, or not. If storyline's not the right word, yeah, storyline driven. Like like Bailey, Bailey wasn't drafted, right? Um, yeah, Bailey was no, not drafted, no, and not and drafted. it's crazy that she wasn't drafted. Right, but the point is that she's gonna like finish off her thing with with Ashka, and then like she's gonna make a giant debut on SmackDown in a month. Like that, I mean, I'm just guessing, you know. Um, and, I mean, there's a, I mean, just there are a lot of those little moments where it's like, like Apollo Cruz fell really low. I mean, for for based on his hype, or maybe he didn't fall really low or whatever. And everybody was complaining about SmackDown not having enough people. But like, if you're gonna put over Ziggler and Apollo Cruz as like championship competitors, which they deserve to be. Then SmackDown had a fine draft, you know, but like it's just a matter of like you can't look at the actual draft rankings for more than just a gag and expect to get any like divine any wisdom from them, you know, or like really critique what's going on. It um, just felt SmackDown felt very house showy. Well, compared to Raw, but uh, it just felt like uh, it almost felt like the show where they were rejuvenating people, yeah, rather than like bringing new stars up. Um, sure. I mean, but like, but Apollo Cruz is is you know was put in that pole position. He's going to be yeah. fine. I I mean, I I said that to somebody on Twitter right after he got drafted. I was like, don't worry about it, man. And I don't he mean does to, have a tiny baby face though, doesn't he? Like he's got like a, a he's got a he's little got a, like, face, like a little baby face on a on a grown man's body. Oh <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so man, don't Corbin. you? Got to, what? They both have baby faces. Corbin and Apollo. They remind me of one another, and I can never quite put my finger on why. Maybe that's it. It's small features. Uh huh. Small feature. I don't know why I look at wrestlers like a musical theater casting director. But <laughs> well, musical theater is kind of okay because they're like always. There's no cameras that zoom in on their faces. But um, but yeah, it's a it, uh, let's okay. I, I think that Apollo Cruz is going to be fine. Uh, Shelton Benjamin also going to be fine. Um, if for no other reason, you put those two together. Well, David. no, I specifically that's the, my reaction to Apollo Cruz getting drafted so late and people worrying about his draft. I mean, someone was saying, "Oh, they're going to bury Apollo Cruz," and I was just like, "Look at the roster; he's the only black guy on the roster, and they know that that's an issue, right?" Yeah. The fact that he got drafted late was just a had only just was just a, a byproduct of everybody that got drafted ahead of him needing storyline reasons to go where they did. Um, well, also, he hasn't gotten himself over yet. He's got okay, and that that's true also. But he, but he, I mean. SmackDown is an opportunity for a, for a subtle reboot of him, and we saw that on Tuesday night. You know, I mean, that was a. I think that that what he did, I think for right now, Tuesday is the is the blueprint for Apollo Cruz. He can have great matches and give like just real quick upbeat promos about why he's like the happiest mm-hmm. man alive. He would actually maybe be better. I mean, I don't. He's not. He's not. He doesn't. 
he doesn't have like the mic skills of a lot of other guys, but I feel like I would appreciate if you're just giving rah rah, you know, like I'm happy, I'm motivated promos. I'd rather him be doing the ringside promo thing that they were doing on Raw, but still, that's enough for but Apollo. Crews. That it just doesn't seem right because he's kind of a dick on Twitter, right? That's what I heard. Like, has he really? Yeah, him and Big E had a thing a couple weeks ago. Well, Big E is a is a Twitter well, is a B- professional for, Twitter troll. B- Big E is amazing, but no, he started it. Like Apollo Cruz started it, really, and like Sasha Banks, like there's a great photo where she made peace between those two, and this is real life. Um, but yeah, yeah, they they had a they had a feud that he started. So I don't know if I buy the nice guy thing with him. Like, so maybe maybe there is like a change in his character. I've he, I've only met him really briefly, and he was just and he was com- almost comically humble, you know, just yeah. like. Yeah, but there's you know what there's never been like it's since like in a while there's not been like uh, in WWE particularly but they need like maybe like a sniveling black heel because they always do this thing they kind of had that with Xavier Woods with the new oh, yeah. day but it would be good to see you know like I you know a more uh, a, a a black Kevin Sullivan rather than you know because they always like. I think sometimes a, they do these generic Ahmed Johnson face like no, that's, I'm just gonna get I'm just gonna get over because of my athletic prowess. Yeah, know? no, I think that's 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 definitely valid. But I think that we've, I mean, I, I'm, let's let's just give SmackDown and Raw a couple okay. of weeks before we sorry, start go, not, before I'm we reo- before we reopen the race and wrestling conversation. cup. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that I think that that's I think it's all to, I think it's totally valid. I think that I'm I'm really interested to see. So I know this is some inside information for you, Dan. Um, Vince was Vince, and and by by his various proxies was reaching out to like everybody that he had worked for WWE in the past that like he knew in in sports media whatever that he respected. He was just like casting a very wide net for people to offer him suggestions about how to reboot these shows and more importantly how to differentiate SmackDown and Raw. Um, you saw a lot of this throughout the course of the two uh, the two days, right? The announced teams, one of them was back in. Uh, in the middle of the crowd, the Raw announced team was back in the crowd. They were doing the ringside interviews on Raw. Um, they were doing and they were doing like the backs, the old school backstage promos on SmackDown. Um, you know, they were doing some interesting new camera shots. You know, the, the the overhead shot on Raw, and the walkout shot on SmackDown. You know, they were just doing little things. Obviously, there's new logos which are trash, but whatever. And uh, I like the new logos. They're better than the old logos. I love the new of uh, the Raw logo. The Raw logo is great. Awesome. The Raw logo is great. The SmackDown logo. Fine, I it looks like it's like falling off a table or something. Like I don't. <laughs> anyway, this is I'm I'm obviously I'm obviously biased. Which is usually just what Mean Gene Okerlund does after a couple drinks. <laughs> oh, so. that's not. Okay, that's funny, uh, but the but yeah. So but the, you know, the, I'm, it's in, it's going to be interesting because like I'm, I guarantee that every one of the emails mm-hmm. that people sent to him about how to make these shows different said, uh, "You probably thought about this, but why don't you do separate creative teams?" You know, and that's not there's not been any reporting that that's what's happening. But that but like it'll be interesting to see how much separation and sort of independence you know volition that each the two brands get it definitely and on a felt like a different side. show i will say that like it did not feel like raw light like i didn't love smackdown but it didn't feel like okay smackdown you just get what we didn't want yeah it just felt like a like a, a weird show that's all um it was yeah, I mean, listen, it was it was good. It's great that it's two hours. You know, I mean, that's yeah. it. Just it's it's automatically like my favorite show because it's shorter than Raw. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and and listen, like I said, they got the short end of the stick in some of the roster moves. You know, it would have been like if if we, we were joking all after the draft last week that. I mean, they're just idiots. Like, Simmons was really upset with the SmackDown draft. That, like, if this was real, if you're actually drafting for SmackDown, mm-hmm. you draft New Day first because you get three guys, you know? I mean, it's like, you get, you, like you're already hamstrung, so, like, make up the difference. And then just go all work rate, you know, or go all NXT or go whatever. Um, but, you know, it's not, it's not, or, it wasn't it really a real draft. It really annoyed me how they handled New Day because they even said, like, Prey Wyatt, thank God he's... It's SmackDown. I'm like, if you look at the history of both both the Wyatt family and the New Day of this year, yeah. barring the fact the Wyatt family got Lesnar out, there's no reason of out of the Rumble, there's no reason that New Day shouldn't have gone over the Wyatt family. And that no, would have of made of why the Wyatt family would have broken up. But and- this is it's just like if, if the Owen Zane fantasy booking thing come, turns out to be true. Then I mean that's a, that's a that's an example of how the draft is subordinate to the storyline, right? And the New Day is the same way. They weren't done with them. They're not done with them being a group. And frankly, like the New Day, the New Day needs to be on Raw, both for Raw and for the New Day. Yeah, you know. So but I mean, they literally beat the Wyatt family and then kind of broke the Wyatt family up with no explanation whatsoever. Well, they lost to the Wyatt family at Battleground. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, the Wyatt family beat him. And then oh, usually, oh, oh. like, when you beat a team, then that causes the breakup. But instead, Wyatt family beat the team, and then they broke up without right. any explanation. You're right. Too, I mean, I just think that, I just think that the storyline the storyline that's undergirding that is that it's time for Bray Wyatt to go single. <clears throat> and you saw on Tuesday With night. weird Lisa Bonet hair. Um, there's, first of all, nothing weird about Lisa Bonet, full stop. Uh, <laughs> she is. She's, she's, a, she's an angel. She's the best. I mean, I honestly, there was like, there was like a two, there was an 18 month to two year run in the 80s where she was the most beautiful woman on the planet. She's the most beautiful woman in high fidelity. Yeah. Yeah. She's just, she's unstoppable. She dates uh, Jason Momoa. She's like married to Jason, isn't she? Aren't they yeah. married? No, yeah. they're married. <clears throat> Tate, yeah. thanks for, this is it. I, when we, when, when there's basketball podcasts, Tate chimes in frequently. She gets to. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the, Tate gets one yeah. shot a week on the wrestling I show. Um, she gets to jump on that sweet Momoa dick every Aquaman. <laughs> You're gonna put that on your reel, I'm sure. The uh <laughs> Yeah. Did you watch any of the any of the um the trailers from Comic Con? Did you have any big do you have um, any? I think like, maybe one. I don't know. Which what were they? Again? They had a Justice League teaser that had Jason Momoa as Aquaman, like oh, grabbing really? grabbing Bruce grabbing Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck and holding him up against the wall. They were kind of laughing. I tell you, man, I will. I would love to watch any given Wednesday. I feel like there should just be a segment at the end, uh, drunk Ben Affleck. That was the most entertaining interview that I've ever seen in my entire life. It was a really good interview. I loved it. I don't know what he was on or what it was going on, but I just, I could just what pisses off Ben Affleck every week. Just have him in a corner in like a in a he red. He could Sox be like bar. the what's his name on sixty minutes? Who's the old? The, oh, Andy Rooney. Yeah, yeah. You should give. <laughs> You like, you should Affleck tell Bill, be my condo to Bill, and tell Ben Affleck to be the new. And just, you know, you can just, he can just do it from his phone. Like, he could be anywhere. Wait, can we, can, can we import, since this is a wrestling podcast, can we import this logic? Like, can we just put, like, who, like, who is the angriest ex-wrestler on Twitter? Oh, man, well, Ultimate Warrior's dead, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm but there's gotta to... be, there's all these people, I mean, most people Ugh. are, most people are too. I actually follow Sid Vicious on Twitter, it's really good. No, it turned out that's fake. Oh, it is? Yeah. I was like one of his early followers, and people have been blaming me for blowing him up. I'm just like, no, I thought it was a funny, like, I He's thought it was good. real, but like, I don't, I didn't research it. Um, you know who's super funny, and I'm, I'm friends with him, I know, I know who it is, but the WWE creative Twitter feed, 
is really oh yeah really they're really funny. great but if there were like a, if there were a disgruntled ex-wrestler like a bruno san martino five years ago type or like a well, superstar think. billy graham would be a good one but like make him watch raw and smackdown oh, every week and then dynamite just, kid that's terrible <laughs> so you're too angry. he's literally like i don't would be too dark i don't want to talk dark. about dynamite kid like that's, yeah, that's he's, he's like he, that like he's in benoit he lives in like me. the upside down of stranger things <laughs> um i'm trying to yeah you're right who would who but if they're if just get somebody like superstar billy graham make him watch raw every week and then just give him the last five minutes of overrun to to give his commentary I'm that tr- would be great oh bret hart oh of course it's bret that's hart. who it would be yeah Bret Hart and of course then it would be it would just finished. be five minutes about how Triple H could lace his boots Bret. every single week. <laughs> he really like, it's getting to the point. I mean, I give props to Triple H for like he keeps giving that guy jobs, even though like every opportunity Bret Hart can take, he tries to how much how much money take Triple H down. I like WWE creative or WWE Triple H just needs to get on whoever runs their social media accounts needs to get on this right now. Just a quick, just a just a Snapchat video of Triple H sitting in the back room having trouble tying his laces, and they have him say like, <laughs> "What's going on?" and then zoom out to see him wearing Bret Hart's pink and black boots. That would be <laughs> that would be a perfect Snapchat. I feel like every time, <laughs> this is so dark, but like every time Triple H is like, "We're gonna fire him," we're gonna fire him, and then Vince is like, "Owen, Owen," he goes, "All right, yeah," he gets a pen. That's so dark. <laughs> Um, let's go. We brought up Owen Hart and Chris Benoit in like a two-minute span. <laughs> did we bring? We didn't bring up. We brought I, up to, did we? I said that Dynamite Kid was in Dynamite Chris Benoit's oh, territory for right, like someone I don't right. want to talk about. That's right. Um, but yeah, so yeah. so we're talking about the Wyatt family. Let's jump back really quickly to Raw. Uh, Braun Strowman made what appears to be his big singles push debut. He did. He looked better than he ever has in with the ring. shaved sides of head and ponytail. Yeah. Uh, same outfit, but the this new music that I that sounded like I, I said in my column, it sounded like a bomb went off at a Guar concert. Like it was, <laughs> like it was perfect for him. And then and he got to squash James Elworth, who is the new jobber like heartthrob of the internet. Like everybody just thinks he's the coolest dude in the world because he's so unlikely. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looked really great. I mean, they're yeah, like give the, him new pants though. Uh, it 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 is a weird thing because clearly the pants. I mean, I'm sure we've talked about this before. The pants are 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 the way they are because he can't fit into normal human pants. But it looks, it just looks like he's just ripped give him his like pants, a, like a tarp. The, yeah, the black that would be great if he was wearing just like a muumu. <laughs> that would um, be scary. Yeah, that would be really. That's a great. No, I'm serious. That would be amazing. That would be really terrifying. Or like, if he was Muma? if he was too big, or just put him in zubas, like whatever people wear, like just like yeah. honestly, just like he's MC wearing pants. he's wearing a giant beach towel because he can't find pants that will fit him. Like he's that. gigantic, also tiny face. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. We're I think we're the all these all these names are sort of circling back around to the same maybe to it to a potentially the the same reason. The uh, but uh, tiny face stable. Yeah, the Nia Jax also had her debut in a in a yeah, squash to match. A dead crowd. They were not. Totally. Don't worry. Nia's going to work. I mean, it's... She's great. I mean, that match she had at uh, the last NXT pay-per-view was amazing. We I talked about this. I think I was talking about this in, as a, to a human beings earlier this week and not on a podcast. So apologies, apologies if I'm repeating myself. But for... WWE has done a lot of good with the women's division. They still have a, lot of, a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I feel like... For as much as like you or I might book it differently, better, whatever, like we're in a position right now where it's actually the fans and and I'm including I'm including us smart fans in this that need to catch up. 
and it's not WWE. Like we need to condition our, we need to be prepared to see multiple main event or multiple big women's matches on the same pay-per-view card, right? And if you've ever been to a live event, when the first like less significant women's match happens, you've probably heard people who are like the voice of the fans who are, who are the very reason why this is the slow progression, you know? Nia Jax is another example of how we just need to like, like average fans need to get need to like get used to her being a major star and fans like you and me need to get used to the you know the women's division squash match it's just we're seeing things we're not used to seeing and i think it just will take a, few, a couple of weeks to settle in but i but i i have all the faith in the world in Nia Jack. she's going to be she's going to be just fine yeah i mean yeah i think she's great um <clears throat> was and then we had speaking of the divas division we had which is I mean, kind of just shocking. Sasha Banks going over our new women's champion. Five star match. Sheesh. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't give star ratings to matches. It was a really good match, and I've only watched it. I only watched it one time. It's pretty great. The the one, I mean, one real problem with the uh, with the the marathon of of wrestling over these three days is like I'm never going to rewatch anything before a show. You know, I mean, like even yeah. that which I know is a great match. Um, the Finn, I mean, the Finn. I, listen again, just like Owens and Zayn. There's no amount of time we can we can give these matches to do it justice, except to say go rewatch Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Maybe I'll do it and like live tweet my rewatch later this week. It's unbelievable. But, uh, unbelievable. And then match. the main event, the main event that night with uh, with with Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor. First of all, that's always been secretly one of my dream matches because it was just sort of the. I just sort of it was my little personal CM Punk versus John Cena, you know. Like yeah. I, I always I thought they would hold it. it that that would be a WrestleMania match someday, nope. and, and it might be. But like, I mean, the fact that they're giving all this stuff away is sort of great. I think I, it does spell trouble for uh, Reigns. I'm like, oh, I don't know if that. But goes. it's so great by for I mean, so smart by for from by WWE to not just demote him, but to use him as a tool to get other people over. If you're gonna give him a subtle demotion. Right. Let's not. Yeah. Like if he if they had suspended him and then put him in a different match at the pay-per-view, they would not have gotten the chance to, to put Ambrose and Finn Balor over at his expense. You know? Yeah. And and the fact that WWE like, has given I mean, who knows? Maybe they are just being defiant, but they seem defiant. And so that makes these storylines work. Next week, it's like Reigns losing to the Lucha Dragons. We're like, oh, There's man. only one Lucha Dragon on Raw. So. Oh, that's right. Um, Which one? I think it's Sin Cara. Yes, it's definitely yeah, Sinkara. Um But yeah, so anyway, that, I mean, that'll be a, I mean, that that it, that'll be a very interesting storyline to watch. And Finn Balor will be, I mean, is even more interesting to see how he, you know, how he progresses over. The, I mean, I got to tell you, we were talking about Apollo Cruz earlier. He didn't make the transition to Raw very seamlessly, although he wasn't getting over in the right way on NXT either. And I thought that the, it felt good to see him on Raw when it happened. Yeah. Finn Balor, I've been very worried about that transition, right? They handled it so well Monday night. Like, he looked like like, like wrestling. I know we call Seth Rollins wrestling Jesus. He looked like the literal second coming of Jesus on Monday Night Raw. Well, I don't. Here's the one. I mean, I think it was great. And I thought the his actual literal entrance was a little weird. It was cool. I think it, I like it because it was, like, different. Um, where, you know, everyone just parted sure. and he was there. Um, but, you know, I, I still don't think the crowd, live crowd, they liked him, but I don't think they're totally on board yet. I, I, I think it would be better to have him 
do um do a little bit of a heel thing with the bullet club. I think first. that I think that's that, that's definitely in the cards. I and, mean, and I, make Rollins a face. Try that out. You know? No, I mean, I think that we're no, I think that it's going to be a straight up baby face push. I think you got to go. You know, you got to go with you got to go with Plan A until Plan A starts failing, and then you immediately pull the trigger on Plan B, which is the Bullet Club comes out and hits Rollins with a chair. You know, what I mean, yeah. or, or whoever he's feuding with at the time. Either, I think I think Balor's going to go over right at SummerSlam. Yeah, I ha- I find it hard to imagine that either Balor or Ziggler will win at SummerSlam, but we're still so far away. Right. You know, I mean, and and sure, why not? I mean, Balor is that if, if they're going to do it, if they're going to shotgun somebody, if they're going to give somebody the Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar treatment, it sounds so silly. But Balor is the guy. I mean, yeah. like there's the and the, but the distance he came from last week's draft where he gave a really uncompelling sort of post-draft yeah. interview, you know. He just looked like the most generic, young, you know, blue chipper. Like, yeah, I'm really excited to be, like, like I'm not even going to try an Irish accent. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited to be here on Monday Night Raw. Oh, my God. Was that a YouTube clip you just played, Jade? What was that? <laughs> oh, I have on the four-leaf clover on the side of the ring. Are you, Give me you, a look for a Aren't you actually of Irish stock? This is, I am. That, this was, is my a, that was the worst Valor. Irish This is my Finn Balor impression. For an Irish person, you have the worst Irish accent. Um, you know... Um, although I, there was a point last week when we were seeing all of those promo, all of the post draft promos, where I just kept wondering if uh, is this offensive for me to say? Like, do they ever t- do they ever try to get Irish people to lose the accent? <laughs> not, or not, I mean, British people too. Like, what? Like, there's not, you know, if you speak another language, obviously you learn English. Vince McMahon loves Irish people. Oh, he's Irish. He loves Irish yeah. people. He changed his biggest star. He changed the name to Hogan. That's true. Loves Irish people, so they're never. I think that was Vince Senior, but yeah, uh, um, but well. yeah, there, there's a lot of they're they're an Irish clan, you know. They're very they're very excited about about seeing their their fellow Irishmen succeed. Um, I just think that Finn with like fifty percent of the accent and like it's t- like fifty percent less Irish, fifty percent more, you know, One Direction or something, and he could be the biggest star in the history of wrestling. He does look like someone from The Departed, like when he starts talking. <laughs> He's well, got those like. But I think Irish that that's, we're going to get real. Uh, we don't want to get, I don't want to spend the rest of the time talking about how Finn Balor looks and talks, but the one, like weirdly I, I was staring at him in his match on Monday night when he was coming in. And one of the best things he has going is that like from a distance, he looks like a teen heartthrob yeah. and up close in his face, he looks sort of like a dead person. And I think that it's that juxtaposition actually that really works for him. I only get the second one with women. So <laughs> they're like, Oh, you look like a dead person from far away or close up. Um, so anyway, that so Finn Balor won. I mean, that was a really good match too. He's great. And then SmackDown, we got um, another great women's match. I mean, not a five star women's match, but we got we got Becky. Match. We got you know we got Becky versus uh, versus Natty, and that was really cool. And then we got the six pack challenge. Are there, is, was there another big match on SmackDown that I'm totally glossing oh, over I, right just now? Just very quickly, that Rusev Kevin Owens work in the six pack ma- challenge was phenomenal. I just wanted to say that those two guys are both phenomenal, but when they are together, there's some kind of weird magic that happens. They were in that triple threat match with was it Cesaro on Raw like several yeah. months ago. When those guys and and I and I and I saw them live, I think it must have been a dark match or something that like where they were on the opposite sides of like an eight man tag. I mean, no, they were on the, maybe the same side of an eight-man tag, and but just like they have a weird chemistry. Well, you know, and they they play the story in the ring like we don't like each other, but we know we work well together. Yeah, 
And Kevin Owens is like, I can control the monster. Someday they're going to have a WrestleMania match together. And if Vince McMahon is still around, they'll probably be like wearing sumo outfits. But like, it's going <laughs> to it's but it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be a great. Match. It's just who in one of those inflatable sumo outfits jumps into a sticky wall the hardest. Um. So anyway, there there and it was a good week for wrestling. I mean, it was a really really good week. I'm gonna I'm gonna toggle through all of my notes right now and see if there's anything that we're missing. Um, uh, there are a lot of great, I mean, just an, a sea of great gifts, um, from the night. I mean, from, from the week and it's been, I mean, WWE, WWE's Twitter account was going nuts, just sending out really good stuff. Um, Brock Lesnar, according to TMZ, this just out today will not be punished for his failed drug test because, uh, part-time performers are not subject to the wellness policy, which is news to me. Big surprise there. Yeah. What is that? I wonder what the minimum number of appearances for a part-time performer would be. Uh, it's whatever uh, they want it <laughs> no, to be. I know. I'm working in kayfabe I'm here. I'm not working. This is how the conversation were, went, if David. If you could go... If you, Brock, we got to suspend you. Okay, I'll just quit. Oh, we don't have to suspend you. <laughs> That's how the conversation went. Um, so he's done 19 matches over the past three years, according to TMZ, which I guess is pretty, pretty, pretty freaking part-time. Um but yeah, uh, the cruiserweight classic still still chugging along, and apparently uh, Zack Saber Jr., who is uh, friend of the show, Angelina Burnett, and many people on the internet's favorite wrestler, just got offered a real contract. Oh, that's awesome! Um, yeah, really, really cool stuff. I love that guy, and he's got he's got a good look. I mean he's he's got a, he's got some potential. Um, but yeah, I mean it's there are a lot of a lot of these little positive signs coming out of WWE. I I mean I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. You're of a big WWE. fan of wrestling. I'm a big fan of wrestling. That's why I'm here. Yeah, it's totally true. Um, so yeah, I think that's I think that that's uh that's I think about it for the news. I'm scanning through right now. If there's I mean, anything I, that I missed, I, I, congrats, I wanna... congrats to WrestleZone for the for the ulti- to the ultimate uh the ultimate teaser headline of all time. It's just how old is Triple H. With one. <laughs> Let me see if I can get this. Forty-three. Oh no, you're young. You're 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 on the, you're you're on the young side. Really? Yeah. Forty-six. Close. Forty-seven is the answer. Triple H is forty-seven. Yeah. He looks amazing. So so both. Yeah. Well, yeah. We still have time. You and me. Just to let you know, uh, people listening, wrestling fans, we're a little gay, and I'm fine <laughs> with it. I talk about guys' bodies a lot. Oh man. Yeah, the stuff that doesn't make the show with us just like us just sitting at a restaurant talking about guys' bodies is pretty incredible. Oh, did you see Tatanka's nipples the other night? Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, and sadly the answer is always yes. I did see Tatanka's nipples the other night. Is there anything else you wanted to get? Any? Did you have any? I, I other do t- want to say, you know, I, I am really excited about Ziggler versus Ambrose. In theory, I hope you know, like those guys can go, and I hope they just build it right. You know. The the Ziggler post match promo was really weird. It was like the connotation of the promo. I don't know if you saw the post match promo. Was like, yeah, I know. You know, I've kind of sucked for the last two years, but uh, things can happen. Like he like literally just was goes like post match or pre match post match. He says like <laughs> like he literally. This is one of the lines from it, and it, it is, he goes, "A broken clock is right twice," and you're like, "Oh, dude, have a little more faith in yourself. You put together." Like your performance of the Survivors two years ago is like one of my favorites ever. But he, yeah, he has that like uh, it's, 
it's a weird thing because he's done he's tried the sort of semi shoot promo in the past of like I'm not getting a shot and that didn't work you know so yeah. it's like now he's got to go sort of kayfabe like Mickey Rourke and the wrestler yeah like I'm gonna come back um that's actually I Dolph Ziggler is going to look exactly like Mickey Rourke and the wrestler in 20 years isn't he I don't know I think he'll look better or 30. Is- Rourke, I think, has four different people's lips now. <laughs> you know, like I, that guy, I mean, he looks like a Halloween mask. Yeah. Give it's, Ziggler some credit. It's true. So, yeah, I mean, listen, the the important thing about Ziggler and why it's cool that he got the nod, we all would have loved AJ versus versus Ambrose. I mean, that's a really cool match, and we'll have that for down the road, you know? Yeah. I think we all would have been Hopefully. slightly. We I all would have been. I mean, listen, uh, it, like uh, Bray Wyatt. Ambrose, we've seen a bunch of times, but you know Bray Wyatt has dreadlocks and and a beanie now, so maybe that's a it, yeah. it's a it's a different gimmick. But but like we would have been fine, I think, with with Bray versus Ambrose. We would have loved AJ versus Ambrose. We would have, I'm sure, all been really good with like John Cena versus Ambrose in a sort of like John Cena making making the fan favorite look good sort of situation. Yeah. Um, what really matters about Dolph Ziggler is that he is just like Shane McMahon was this mm. sort of fan he, he's the avatar for the fans right for uh, all of our, our unhappiness has for so many years was like placed onto shane mcmahon we were just like oh if only shane were here you know that's how we, and then and in the same way i mean it's not entirely true that's beside the point in the same way for the past three or four years we've all been like ah oh, if only they would push Dol- dolph and yeah. listen there are a million other guys we've been begging from the push and they have pushed and whatever but the fact that dolph never got any traction just seemed like i wrote about it this week it seemed like in a weird way that was wwe's cardinal sin that they just could see it take a guy who had so much to offer the company and just and see Jobber to the stars. Yeah, I I, I get it. Um, but you know, sometimes they know things that we don't know too. Like you were saying beforehand. Like I'm not going to say who, but there's definitely been some internet fan favorites who I think are incredible workers. But I could see what like Vince and Triple H sure. are thinking. Where you're like, I don't know if that guy can headline a WrestleMania. They might be. I mean that that might be true about Dolph yeah. Ziggler. But the important thing is that they're like one that they're making this statement. Yeah. And they're projecting it. And also that they're smart enough to make the statement. That's more important than whether or not Dolph Ziggler goes over. It's that we're like, we don't have to agree with every move WWE makes. We don't have to agree, agree with the Raw smack, the Raw announced team being in Okerland. They're halfway back into the crowd or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're trying, like, we want to we want to be root, we want to be watch spending, what, seven hours a week. Wait, is that right? Is it more than that? It's, it's four. Five, it's eight, eight. Six. And then is there superstars too? Yeah. I mean, but Seven, if you count all the other stuff, NXT, it? yeah, whatever. If you're going to be spending 10 hours a week watching the product of mm-hmm. WWE, you want to believe that they're making decisions intelligently. And if they're, and if the entire decision was, let's just give these idiot smart, fan, smart fans Dolph so that they'll quit complaining for a week, that's mm-hmm. at least an intelligent decision, even if it's a craven one. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of the stuff we saw this week was really gave it was really hopeful. You know, I mean, Sasha, Finn, Dolph, uh, Ambrose, which was, again, going circling all the way back around to Battleground. There was no title change, but it's a crazy thing to complain about a lack of a title change because Ambrose keeping that belt was literally the least likely outcome of that match by a long shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And go over clean on Reigns. The way he won it. Yeah. It was it was nuts. Um, the one thing we haven't talked about, and it's the only real slight be against about nipples, Raw, isn't it? oh, it's, no. about, it's about Duke Dumbledore's nipples. <laughs> no, it, 
It, it is about calling it the Universal Championship. Uh, Jesus, come on, guys. I just wish that... You were I, so close to I, having a perfect show. My only complaint about WWE, and it's an ongoing one, is that, is that they... They sometimes they just don't project a thing when they should have. Yeah. Like for instance, at Battleground when they put on the uh, the the highlight reel, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Jericho's show. I get yeah, Ms. TV is Ms. They put on the highlight By the way, reel. Jericho's is amazing now as a heel again. I like how he just a hundred percent morphed into the sort of like old school Faye, you know, yes. like I, like I, which just, is what he needs to be, which yeah. is what he needed to be for two years. But um, they put that on in the main event spot slot. I mean, like yeah. not obviously there was a main event afterwards, but they're they're not restrained by these time barriers anymore. They're because they're on the network almost exclusively. So they the main event can run over, but you're still not trained for it. So it's just like WrestleMania. You're sitting here watching a promo at like ten till the hour, and you're like, "Are we really going to get a sh- like a five minute schmoz for the main event?" You, you, you resi- Everybody that I was with was subtly resenting mm-hmm. that Orton promo, even though it was really good, because it felt like every moment it, that when it went on was a moment of the main event that we wouldn't be getting, and yeah. it wasn't true. But it's but anyway, in a similar way, a different but related way. I resented the Universal Champ. I was I was predisposed to hate the Universal Championship because why the crap would you not just announce this before the brand split? Whoever doesn't get the title, get. I understand it makes the main event of Battleground less significant, but like it was so obvious it was going to happen. And, yeah. And like just so just let us let us know at least leak it onto the internet. You know, like don't you don't have to make a big deal about it on the show, but like give us some assurance that like you know we know what to expect going forward. It felt like such a letdown because. All we could do was fantasy book it, and we all wanted we all kind of fantasy book something better than, yeah, the universal. It was a rough. It was a, that was that was the only thing about Raw that I was like, man, they got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, we. I mean, it's not. It, it's hard. I can't criticize it too much because, like I said, we all kind of so knew good. they would have their own belt. The really interesting thing about these title matches, and yeah. we got to get out of here, but was was the fact that Balor and Ziggler are there means that. Roman Reigns and John Cena and whoever else are not in the in the title matches at SummerSlam. So we have, I mean, there could very well be like five co-equal main event matches at SummerSlam. What if Roman Reigns is the pre-show? It's possible. What would, what would the what would the most hilarious use of Roman Reigns be? I don't know why we're uh, even talking. He's about the this. host of Axis. <laughs> <laughs> Before the pay per view starts, he, he's just at the on the commentary table in the pre show, oh. just like in Corey Graves' seat, just giving his opinion on stuff. Um, oh, and one other thing I, I thought of, I'm like, because you know Daniel Bryan, you can tell he just so wants to be wrestling still when he's sure. in this role. Like I just kept thinking of like every week he tries to make him backing out into the arena more challenging. Like he puts obstacles where he has to jump <laughs> over on the way back and <laughs> try to do a Hurricane Rana off some. Off it's, the railing. It's really good to see him back. I and also they made and he's been a lot. He and Mick have both been were a lot better this week than they were last week. I loved it was last week's Raw. I think where Foley and Brian had a promo together backstage yeah. where Foley said, "You're on my way now." I thought that was great. Yeah, no, it was really, really. They, they've had some really good moments. My problem is that, like when they're with when Foley's with Steph, he's this bumbling oaf, which is not. Yeah. The way we want to remember Foley, you know, and it's not his best use. You know, he's yeah. very good at being a, a comic, but he's not a comic character, but he's not a. He's better at being serious than he is. I mean, the yeah. Kane Dewey promo is still the greatest promo of all time. And like I said, he's a legend and we want to remember him as such, you know, exactly. And Daniel Bryan's in a similar way. I mean, the he's so good on the Cruiserweight Classic. Like he's the fact that he's that good at being a color commentator shocks me. 
more than him doing like a 980, like, you know, the Phoenix splash off the top rope would shock me. Like it's like, it's so, and, and the fact that now he's back to playing he's, he's, his least, his least successful role, which is backstage, like promo work. It's a weird use of him. Although they've both had moments of being really, really good. And this past week has, I mean, this week has been really good, a really good showing for both of them. He's, he's one of those guys just never underestimate him. You know, he's always uh, every time when someone's like, oh, he's just a worker. Then he had a really funny angle with Kane. Oh, he's not a main eventer. He's a main eventer. Yeah. Oh, he's not a good commentary. He's good at commentary. And now he's do you, so wait, should we not underestimate him like in storyline or for in, in, in real I just terms? think like whatever he does, uh, there's a good chance. He's so gonna he's, succeed so you mean he's going to turn out to be a good on screen GM, but you're not actually advocating that he's going to be a good GM in kayfabe. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I thought he was going to build like eco friendly huts. I'm surprised he's doing wrestling at all. So I'm it's, just glad he's back. Yeah, there's still time for eco friendly huts. Yeah, I mean, that would be the worst wrestling name ever. Um, it's eco-friendly. <laughs> we might be back. We might be back to that sort of promo. That's Prince of Albert repurposed into a hot costume. <laughs> just a giant, like a life, just a bo- like a body grass skirt. That would be really incredible. Um, listen, this has been a big week. I'm sure we missed a million things. This is the first episode of of uh, the Masked Man show to not mention Cesaro. I think in uh, in the entire oh that, run of that the show. shoot promo he did was really good. That's what we skipped last That's week. We, we did the show. I did the show before the draft. Uh, yeah, it was actually a shoot promo, and yeah, I mean it's. But I heard that they look. kept trying to recreate it, and it got worse each time. Really? Like they yeah, filmed it like, times? Yeah, like the first time he did it was amazing, and then they tried to like almost like produce it, and then that took away. Yeah, it a little bit, but if WB, if you want to hear one thing, I think the one thing if they out of all our suggestions, Bret Hart five minutes at the end of SmackDown, yeah, or Raw, yeah, the heart, the heart report, or like that, yeah. I mean, it would be it would be really really good. I'll, I, one more thing about the about the heart, to heart. Th- yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> about the uh, about this the promo. This is our promo, but the promos in general last week, the show they they were running. Um, the draft center live on the network during SmackDown, which was amazing. I mean, yeah. it was to have that to have them competing with themselves. It wasn't competing; it was just supplementary information, right? They should do that all the time. They should have they should just have a camera in like the WWE control room and put that on the network during Raw. You know, no, that, I, will, I would that's, love that. It's going to make everybody watch Raw. It's not going to take away from it. But the um, just Brian <laughs> Brian Gowert, it's like eating a wrap in the back. Okay, first of like, all, Brian Gowert's no longer employed by WWE. Oh no, he's not. <laughs> no. He works for the Rock now he's like oh, a high, he's, right, he's a right. he's a hollywood oh, bigwig wow. the um but yeah i mean but if they had that kind of thing more often it would be great but the greatest thing about it was they were spread so thin during the draft that almost all of the promos just felt like shoots like they, they clearly did not have enough manpower time. to script these promos or time so everything just felt fresh and real i don't care if finn balor or whoever gives a terrible promo like i would rather just see them like go like like I, just the vitality of them doing it live is worth so much more. You it's, know, it's just so much better for somebody. If you if you are struggling with something in wrestling, just be like, okay, go out there and don't say these curse words or don't bring this thing up. And these are the three points you got to hit. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I heard a really compelling argument about why everything is so overscripted right now, and I can't even say it on the air. I'm just gonna let that be a teaser. All right. Someday I'll be able to report this piece when you finally retire to your houseboat. Yeah, when I'm just yeah, I'm no longer on WWE's payroll, and I can really just come open with everything. Yeah, th- that's what people don't realize. Like Shoemaker is a mole. <laughs> on, he's trying to take Simmons down. Every time I walk, every time I uh, I walk out of the studio, 
Simmons, by the way. I mean, like, why would why would Sim? I'd be trying to so why would I'm WWE be taking Simmons out? Well, obviously, the feud between Vince and Dana White is not working. Yeah, exactly. Dana's like, yeah, I like Vince. Every time, every time I walk out of the studio recording the podcast, John Laurinaitis is standing there with just a, with a with a Halliburton full of with cash. And I, Thanks, David. <laughs> yeah. You put us over. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, so, Goodbye. so thanks to Tate. Thanks for thanks to Dan. Oh, Saint hey, Germain. can I p- promote yeah, something? Promote your stuff, guys. Um, I will be doing my Finn Balor character at the Montreal. No, I will not be <laughs> doing it there, but I will be the Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival this weekend, uh, Saturday at noon at the Hyatt. Uh, right now, it's in a, we. Ha- our first guest is Roy Wood from the Daily Show, and we're gonna have another guest. Oh, awesome! So please. Uh, check us out. You can check. You know, I'm I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, uh, and watch Not Safe with Nikki Glaser. We have two more episodes left by the time this airs. So. I think uh, I think uh, the former. I mean, friend of the Ringer and uh, and and Channel Thirty Three standout Andy Greenwald is going to be up there too, doing some panel discussion. Oh, nice. Well, I we could should be hang crazy. out. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let them know. Go to super there. sex together. Um, but yeah, read the Ringer. The Ringer is really good. I'm going to have a piece up probably by the time you're listening to this. But uh, there's other stuff on there too. And when we have merch which is a great way to uh, show your support for this podcast, to wear the Ringer logo everywhere you go. And, uh, Tate, what am I forgetting to say? Those are all great things. All right. Well, thanks to Dan. What's your Twitter handle? DS Germain, and uh, I'm also on Instagram, and I don't know what that handle is yet. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm at David Shoemaker and uh, Mr. Laurinaitis. What's your... uh, Okay, he left. Um, anyway, thank you for uh, listening. No, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, I'm trapped are. under the table. <laughs> David, help me get under the table. I need to take the bellas. Oh, God, oh, enjoy wait. the new era, oh, humanoids. God. Oh, Jesus. Jesus.